This is Just Football. Hello and welcome to Just Football. We're back um, for another week. Uh, today we've got myself, Dan, hosting and got Dave alongside me. Hi, Dave. Hey, Dan. How are you doing? Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad at all. Um, Dan has sent his apologies this week. Did he? No, I don't think he apologised. I think he just said he wasn't going to be here. So Yeah, he, he didn't bother. Well, we I assumed it was a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we assumed he sent his apologies, but I don't think he actually did. Um so, yeah, so we will get right into it with some of uh, the football headlines from the week. So last week we discussed um, the beginning of the international break. Um, obviously, after recording, we had a few more international matches. So we'll start with the England result because um, I falsely predicted, I think, that I felt like Scotland were going to beat us because I thought they were playing on a roll and they would be really up for it and it was at their place. Um, I got that majorly wrong. You did, but it doesn't matter, does it? Because it wasn't friendly. <laughs> well, yeah, but I like always being right. Um, but um, yeah, so England beat Scotland 3-1. Did you watch the game at all? No, not. We were out at the cinema. No, sorry, we were out looking at kitchens. Kitchens, okay. Very good. <laughs> um, we, I actually went to watch the match with my brother and it was um, as in went to a pub to watch it. And it was really weird because we went to this uh, little village between where we um, both lived. We went to a little village called Woburn Sands. We struggled to find a pub to watch it in. And the pub we went into, we were the only two people there. So it felt like a really bizarre um, watching this game with no other people around and just me, my brother and the barman, uh, which was quite good. But um, England won 3-1 and never really looked in any doubt at all. Um, Scotland didn't actually manage a shot on target. Their, their only goal came from a, a Harry Maguire own goal. Um, so he really proved us wrong. <laughs> when <laughs> say he shouldn't be playing. So he really came out and, and scored just to um, to show everyone. Um, yeah, go fish for one. Bellingham played really well. He looks really good um, at the moment. And the thing is with this England team, you watch them play and you're like, they should really, you know, they're at a stage I should really be winning the tournament now. Um, they've got the squad they've got the players they just need to go and do it almost the squad the players have got the manager yeah yeah he's um, he's interesting isn't he because after the game obviously because Harry Maguire got um, criticised for, for his own goal quite heavily um, on social media and in the ground and Gareth Southgate has come out defending him um, and also Harry Maguire's mum has come out defending him as well Harry Maguire's mum has made a statement about her son but Gareth Southgate came out defending him. And you, you kind of want to say, well, you shouldn't have put him in the team. Like, he, he shouldn't have been on the field. Um, if, you know, you don't want these players to make mistakes when they haven't been playing. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, quite an interesting situation uh, around him. Maybe, and the, the thing is, and we said it before, is Gareth Southgate just seems to pick his selected few um, time and time again. Keeper's another one. You know, Jordan Pickford is been relied on quite a lot um, in the game. Uh, Ramsdale actually played on on uh, Wednesday, didn't he, against Scotland? Was it Ram- I think Ramsdale played? Yeah, Ramsdale. He didn't have a shot to save. He didn't have a shot to save. Um, but at what point does Ramsdale get a chance for more regular England spot? You know, the great season for Arsenal last year. At what point 
does he get in over relegation threatened Everton goalkeeper Jordan Pickford? It, yeah, it is. Uh, it's all very weird. It's all kind of all. Southgate's got this circle of people. That yeah. He, I don't know whether he trusts more than anything else. Yeah. And those players are not those on form or not playing. So I think Calvin Phillips played against Scotland. He still hasn't yeah. played a minute for his club. His treatment of Harry Maguire is bizarre. The favouritism he shows, he should not be in the squad. Yeah. Let, let alone playing for England. Now, that's not because I don't like him as a player. I think he's a good player when he's got the right defenders around him. But he's not playing for Man United. So how could yeah. you pick a player who's not playing play for Man United? And I still maintain, excuse me, Ben White should be in the squad or should be starting. Yeah, and obviously on performance alone, that, that probably is true. We just don't know why he left last summer, do we? Um, well, not last summer, but last... Was it the World Cup where he came home early? Or was it, it did, the Euros? Yeah. yeah, so we we don't know. It was never really publicised what happened there, but that could have been a, a falling out, couldn't it? Mm. Uh, but you're right, you're right on ability. He probably should get a start. Um, but, you know, and I, I saw Gareth Southgate, or I think I, I heard him say this about Calvin Phillips, where... No, but he was asked the question about Calvin Phillips and why Calvin Phillips gets in the team. He goes because he needs minutes. Not, <laughs> not at international friend, not at international level. He doesn't. He needs minutes at his club level. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. And um, he and then he also had that bizarre comment about Phil Foden, didn't he? With uh, Phil Foden playing out of position, and he said, "Well, Pep Guardiola does this, so Pep Guardiola must know because he's the best coach around." Mm. Pep Guardiola is also not picking Phillips. So it feels like he's contradicting himself um, quite a lot with some of his comments. He, he comes out and says, um, "But I think he'll he'll go after the next Euros. I think he, he's he's done." And let's be honest, he's done well for England, but they have also had a good set of players. Yeah, I, I think I struggled to see any manager really fail or not do reasonably well with that set of players. Yeah, uh, and the squad is only going to get better. Yeah. And I do think at both tournaments he's done well at. I do think England have had favourable draws. Um, apart from the Germany one at Euros, getting them quite early in the knockouts, I do feel like we've played teams every time that we should have won. I completely um, agree. Yeah. So there it is. Sorry, going to a little bit of a rant about Gareth Southgate and England. That was part two from which we started last week. You, on Maguire, I do feel sorry for him. But he's not getting the protection from People like Southgate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, Should know better. He, he seems a little bit unfazed by it as well, uh, which is which is quite interesting. But, you know, he, I think he's probably within a complicated situation at Manchester United as, as well as England. I, I don't think it's just England that there's problems out. I think Manchester United are also having these weird issues at the moment of which he's a part of it. So he's not... Yep. You know, it's both sides he's not getting the support. So... Yeah, time away to see what happens on on that one. Um, I felt like he should have gone to a club like West Ham. I know West Ham were after him. I felt like he could have done quite well for them. Um, I think he would have West, done. And also, because I think there's a good player in there. Definitely is, um, yeah. Uh, elsewhere in internationals, we had Italy beat Ukraine, um, which I think is probably a much-needed result because it felt like those two countries were vying for second place um, in that group. So Italy strong win against Ukraine. Um, and also in a friendly, Germany beat France 3-1, which is the only kind of other result I've kind of picked out as, as quite a big game. Is that a new manager bounce for 
well, it's not a new manager, but returning yeah, manager, so. returning manager yeah. bounce. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Do you mean the Germany game or the Italy game? Germany game because um, they oh, sacked yeah. Hansi Flick. That's, that's right. Yeah. 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 Might might be the case, might not it? And it is a friendly. So how much were France really up for it? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um. So that is international. Is there any other comments you wanted to make about international games? Not really. I think I'm I'm glad the Premier League's back. Yeah, me too. Um, even when it's qualifiers, I just I don't enjoy the international break. Um, so then we move into league football, um, which started again um, this weekend. Uh, there was no Premiership game on Friday night this this time round, but there was two Championship games. So we saw Hull draw with Coventry one all. Southampton lost at home to Leicester four um, one. I feel like that's the second big result Leicester have had over the last few weeks. I don't know if they're buying to kind of come back up again. Well, I think they're second in championship at the moment. They're second in the championship. Yeah, doing well. Yeah, so I feel like they, they will probably come back up, won't they? Because they've, they've kind of, I feel like they've played a couple of the big games already. Uh, yeah, so they're second to Preston North End by one point. Uh, but obviously a very difficult league to get out of. Um, on Saturday, uh, we saw the return of the Premiership. Um, so let's talk about this. So we saw Wolverhampton lose to Liverpool 3-1 um, after Liverpool went behind 1-0. Um, so they pulled it back to 3-1. I didn't actually see much of this game or any of the, the comments from it. So I don't know um, what really happened in it. Have you got any insight into that game at all? Yeah, I watched the first half and Wolves were really good, but Liverpool yeah. equally very poor. Yeah. Didn't see the second, and I'm guessing there was a bit of a turnaround from Liverpool because they went on to win. Yeah. Uh, Salah, hat trick of assists. That's the second time I think Liverpool have kind of come back from 1 0 down, isn't it, this season already? Um, then we saw Aston Villa beat Crystal Palace 3 1 at home. So another strong win from Aston Villa. Um, they were 1 0 down until the last few minutes, weren't they? Yeah. So, so it's, you know what's quite interesting is I've, I've seen someone make a bet on Saturday's games that Liverpool, Aston Villa and Tottenham would all come back and win from losing positions. And the odds he got on that, the odds he got on that were incredible. Um, so he's, he's, he's won a small fortune um, on that. From like, I think it was like £4 on and he got like thousands and thousands of pounds back. Um, so yeah, yeah. Him. Good, good uh-huh. shout. Um, it was a him. Um, then we saw Fulham beat Luton Town 1-0. So Luton still remained bottom um, with out any points uh, so far so they haven't had the best of start but they have only had one home game I think and have played one game less um, than everyone else um, but I do think um, looking at some of the reactions and I didn't see this it, it does look like that they felt they should have had a, a second penalty um, for a few games there's been a couple of games now where they felt they had a strong appeal for a penalty and this was one of them and it wasn't given so yeah, I think, I think it was so, a penalty it was a penalty yeah, it, yeah, I mean, I've got no. Well, I've been more biased toward Luton, but I think it was a penalty. The the interesting thing is, I don't know if you've seen the Rob Edwards and Garth Crooks. They've been having uh, some verbal blows. Oh God, tell us more. Um, basically, Gar- Garth Crooks has said Luton will be down by Christmas. Okay. And Rob Edwards is hit back and criticised Garth Crooks. And then Garth Crooks has kind of apologised, but not really. Right, that's interesting. Um, thing is, I feel like he could be right. 
<laughs> it, it, to be fair. It, it just depends on the way you say it, though, doesn't it? I guess it, you might have said it with a harsh, harsh undertone, but I think Luton Town would start picking up some points soon to just give him some confidence and not get the label of the whipping boys of the league. But yep. you know, but then again, Burnley are still down there with no points, um, but they have only played three games. Yeah, um, and Everton are down there with just one point in five games. Um, and Sheffield United are down there for one point in five games. So but there's still a lot to, you know, still a lot of teams clumped down there. But it'd be nice to see Luton Town, like Luton, Luton Town, get some points on the board, wouldn't it, to kind of help them. Um, and then what else did we see? We saw Manchester United lose to Brighton, three-one. Um, and I, I saw the highlights to this on Match of the Day, and it felt like Brighton were by far the better team. Um, of the two, um, and I think I think someone compared the value of the squads and it, and the difference between the value of the squads, and it's quite astronomical how the value of a Brighton squad compared to what Manchester United is. Yeah, I, I actually watched that match. Yeah, and I can say for the first twenty minutes, Man United were really good. Yeah, yeah, quick, fast on it, but Brighton is so organised. The way they. Play the, the way they have that togetherness, yeah, it, it's unreal. And considering the turnover they had in their squad, the start of play is still the same, yeah. And that's even with Evan Ferguson on the bench, yeah. It's incredible what they're doing, but nearly every single goal they scored was identical in front of bylines, cut back, midfielder scores. It's a bit like sensible soccer in the olden days where you used to suddenly score the same goal again and again and again, yeah. and Man United just did not learn. And they've got an issue with their midfield, definitely. Like Casemiro's legs look like gone. He can't seem to track back or run. Yeah. And then the, the defensive partnership of Lindelof and Martinez does not work. Yeah. And, uh, think- and obviously, you know, Man United are also plagued by off-the-field issues um, at the moment as well, aren't they, with um, what was happening. Oh my god, I forgot his name. They've got Greenwood, Maguire. Yeah, Green Greenwood, yeah. So the Greenwood situation, which is obviously partly resolved because he's on, on loan out to a club, but that's obviously yep. you know, he's still on Man United books. Then you've got the issue with Maguire, you've got the issue with Sancho, you've now got the issue with Anthony. Yep. And, um, yeah. And it, there's a lot going on. And obviously it, it feels like as well, but there's a now question mark over Ten Hag about his people management. Because you know, not only did he kind of go through that ordeal with Ronaldo last year, where everyone kind of come out and goes, "Yeah, Ronaldo needs putting in his place." Now there's a few similar things happening, and you're like, well, "Actually, maybe Ronaldo was right. Maybe Ten Hag is is the problem." Yeah, I think that there is so much wrong with that club. What I think kind of annoys me is you hear a lot of those in the media say it, it's the owner's fault. Yeah, well, the owners don't pick the players to play on the pitch. Yeah. I don't choose the tactics. I don't choose you know, which players are going to be in which position. They've got some very good players still, but there's just there's just something wrong at the club, I think, in general. Yeah. I think from top to bottom. So not just the owners, there's something else. They've spent a lot of money. Well, Jamie Carragher said something interesting on X. I can't get used to calling it that. On, on X <laughs> every weekend, um, whereby Gary Neville had posted a similar tweet about it being the Glazers' fault. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Jamie Carragher responded with something along the lines of, oh, all those years um, we didn't win the league, I thought it was 
I thought it was down to Ferguson and not Martin Edwards, who was the Man United chairman at the time. Kind of implied that, you know, at the time, the chairman didn't even come into it, those years when Man United were good. So why doesn't the chairman take credit then and now he's taken all the blame um, yeah. for, for what's what's going on now? Um, but, you know, Man United currently sit at 13th in the league, um, six six points in five games. Um, and let's let's be honest, they they didn't deserve to beat Wolves. So out of the two wins they've got so far, they shouldn't have beaten Wolves, especially with yep. that last minute penalty decision. Um, yeah, so they're in real trouble. And I can see they've got Bayern unique this week in the in the league in the Champions League, haven't they? I could see Bayern completely turning them over. I you know, I hope they do. Yeah. What was interesting? So when we played them last, the last round of fixtures. May not have played as a counter-attacking team. Yeah. I kind of expect that when you're playing away. When they played Brighton, they were the same. Set up defensively to counter-attack. So they can hopefully use Rashford and Fernandez to, to get a goal or unlock the defence. Yeah. They, they seem to be out of ideas. Yeah, and I, I guess you know, on, on their part, out of the five games they've played, three of them have been against Tottenham, Arsenal and Brighton, who are currently top five teams, but then Man United should be a top five team um, as well. So they have had a tricky fixture start, but I just don't see it getting any um, any better. And like we said last week, they've got the biggest net spend in Europe over the last few years um, yep. than any other club. And uh, uh, Yeah, and what I read this morning is I think Juan Basaka's now out for two months uh, injured. Right, okay. So it's all not looking good. And what do you think to Ten Hag? I've always thought he's been overrated, and I still think he's overrated. There's nothing that stands out tactically. I don't, I mean, from a man management perspective, he looks worse than the previous incumbents, so Solskjaer. I'd argue they're playing better football under Solskjaer as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one. I, I think a couple more bad results, I think he might might be gone. I think doing something at Ajax is, is a lot different to doing something at Manchester United in the league. You Great. say that, but let's look at Postacoglu, what he did with Celtic, what he's doing with Tottenham right now. Yeah, and obviously sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, it, it doesn't I guess, but yeah, you are you are right in that and I hope you continue to be right with that statement. But, but it it's... Could... It could be just the right manager for the right club. Yeah. Emery, I don't think, was right for Arsenal. He seems to be right for Villa. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Um, but the thing is, if Man United get rid of him, who who next? Like, who is willing to step into that Manchester United role at the moment with the problems they've got? I've yeah. Conte's out of work at the moment. Would would he go to? Would he go there? I, I don't know. Sam Allardyce. Sam <laughs> Allardyce. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is there's yeah. no former Man United like legends, so to speak, that are kind of looking to step up into managing into that type of role? Is there? It's I, I don't even know where they would go to next. The one that kind of stands out for me is maybe Graham Potter. Yeah, he plays yeah. a good style of football. I think if you look at the mess that is Chelsea, I think that issue is greater than the manager. Yeah, but it's, it. But would he would he want to go to another club that's in a mess? No, it's <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Who knows? It's um, yeah. 
or unless it is but then again you know you've got the likes of Deserbi at Brighton who's doing fantastically would he want to take a step and do it to a bigger club and you know I say bigger club in stature not in performance mm. um, would he want to take that risk I, I just don't think he would would you it's um, maybe I, money 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 focus I'm not sure I can't see any manager wanting to take that job right now yeah it's a uh, that might be why Ten Hag stays for a while because there's not many possible suitors kind of lining up to to take over. We could offer them Southgate. That, you know, joking aside, that might be what happens. He's actually good. He seems to be a good man manager, and that's something I don't think Ten Hag is good at. Yeah, you've given the fallout as you mentioned from Ronaldo, Bugot, Sanjo, and others. Yeah, and the weird stuff with uh, Donny Van der Beek. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting one for Manchester United. Um, other games that happened. My favourite game of the weekend was Tottenham versus Sheffield United. It's the wrong um, answer, but. It, <laughs> this is still my favourite. <laughs> um, so, Tottenham, and it, this was an incredible game for, for so many reasons. Um, it's quite unbelievable, really. So, so Tottenham. Went one nil down, I think, in, in early in the second half. But Tottenham were by far the better team the, the entire way through. Uh, but they were left frustrated by Sheffield United, who were defending very well to their, to their credit. Um, there was an element of quite a bit of time wasting um, throughout the game. <laughs> Ironically, that time wasting led to about twelve minutes of injury time <laughs> after, <laughs> after a full time whistle. And Tottenham, who were one nil down in the ninety seventh minute. Um, scored in the 98th minute and then in the last minute which, whatever that was 111th no 101st minute if my maths right yeah about 101st minute um, to, to win the game so obviously very exciting as a Tottenham fan to win in, in that nature there were some bizarre refereeing decisions like incredible um, so the first one really is that Madison in the first half, was brought down in the penalty box. They weren't even close. And it was one of those ones where Madison was in the corner of the box and facing away, so he was no threat on goal at that point. Um, but he still got hacked down uh, with the defender not even touching the ball, really, and just, like, taking out Madison's ankles. It doesn't even get mentioned that it's going to a VR review. It's almost like everyone just ignored uh, that it's happened, which was weird. Yeah. And in the second half, there was this other weird instance whereby Tottenham had a corner kick and I assume it was a Tottenham fans threw a second ball onto the field. So I guess the ball had gone into the crowd and they were returning it late. So they threw it onto the field and the referee decided to take away the corner from Tottenham and give their goalkeeper a drop ball. Really? Yeah, so it was bizarre. What was even bizarre, the same thing happened five minutes later and Tottenham kept the corner. So <laughs> in, in that five-minute period, there was just this inconsistency um, and what was weird is Match for Day didn't mention the Madison tackle and didn't mention this this other one. And there was another instance, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to explain this properly, but their goalkeeper or defender had a free kick, a defensive free kick. So they're about to hoof out the field, kind of took it or touched it. Then Son ran to get the ball because um, he felt the free kick was taken. The referee took it back booked the Sheffield United player for time-wasting, but then let him keep the free kick. But it's like, he actually did kick it. And it was just, <laughs> it was, that, that, the whole thing was, um, 
yeah, a bit weird. Um, I've seen a, a few people on on Twitter say it's the worst referee in display seen at a live game, um, and uh, there was just too many kind of weird things um, happened. It just looked like a, a very inexperienced referee. So the, the so what I wanted to notice, I didn't watch the match, is both Tottenham and Sheffield had a lot of bookings. Yeah, but from what I could tell, it wasn't a it wasn't. Bad game in terms of challenges. There weren't a lot of fouls. Yeah. The, the commentators picked up on that, um, said that, you know, we had nine bookings or whatever it was, and they were like, I don't remember one bad tackle. And it's, um, yeah, it was a, it's a bit of an oddity. There was a lot of booking for time wasting. Um, their manager, for his name escapes me now. Um, bottom. That's the one. Um, he had a massive rant after full time about the fact that the referees were pressurizing their goalkeeper to take a goal kick. And I don't know if you heard the run, but I thought it was a bit odd to kind of say he's about to take the kick. Tottenham changed their position, so now he needs to reassess his decision. And you're like, that is time wasting. You know, you don't you don't need minutes to assess that. You know, you always have to make decisions on the field. But um, yeah, a bit of a weird game. But you know, obviously, what we didn't speak about is um, the fact that Richarlison scored his first. He came on late in the game. He scored his first league goal for Tottenham and then assisted Kulisewski um, a few minutes later to win. Um, so both his inputs were critical in winning that game. And that comes a few days after him publicly saying that he needs to start seeing a psychiatrist because there's, there's something not quite right with the way he thinks and, and he feels. So obviously, fantastic from him, but that might be a, a weight off his shoulders. I think there's a, there's a few things for me. So I'm actually... An Arsenal fan, but I'm really pleased for Richarlison. I think one because he's, he's admitted he's got a bit of a problem and he's going to seek help. That's actually really brave to come out and say that. Yeah, but I'm also pleased that he's he has gone on a score sheet and did put an assist. He's a really good header, by the way. Yeah, um, but I'm just really pleased for him as a person because that must be a massive relief for him. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I agree, and um. I also think there's something about, I think he's trying, you know, I joked about before we came on about the fact that he, he changed his hair. So, he, you know, he, he was bleach blonde hair and he's kind of like now obviously looks more like natural hair colour. And I wonder if that's all about trying to reinvent his image a little bit um, and try and knuckle down and say, right, I'm being serious now. I'm a, I'm a serious footballer. Yeah. Uh, but he came on and ch- I say he changed that game. We were a better team, but he he definitely came on and changed things. Um, so hopefully that will continue because we, we need him to step up. And I think we're about to say the same thing and that kind of then leads on to the celebrations um, yeah. after the game where you could tell that, you know, Richarlison is very much a part of that team. The players like him. Son was like pointing to him and like making out to the crowd that he was a hero. So I think all the Spurs team enjoyed that goal and not just with Richarlison. Well, I think it shows that you are becoming a team. The yeah. thing that annoys me is it's those it's celebration police. Yeah, oh, Tottenham can't celebrate because they won a game. Yeah, you know, if it's your team who wins, you celebrate. Yeah, that, yeah that's why it is. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because like we said just before, it's the nature of the win. It's not the team that we would beat. Yeah, and like we said, we, there was no way if Tottenham won that game four 0 there's no way we're celebrating like that after the game. Definitely um, not. Or going over to the fans or all holding hands and running to the fans, which is what Tottenham were doing. But we scored two goals 
beyond the 97th minute of a game that there's something in that. Um, it definitely is. I've got one more thing on the Sheffield United because I'm going to draw a comparison with Man United. So Oli McBurney got sent off for second in a card descent. Yep. Because you know, that, that's the new rules and behaviours. In the Man United game, uh, Bruno Fernandes chased the referee for 30 yards. Yeah. Waving his hands about, shouting at the referee. Didn't get anything. And this yeah. is, the, the, again, the big frustration is the inconsistency. Uh, where you got one person saying something's a ref booked, the other person nothing. Yeah, and I think that's what we all get frustrated as football fans. It's just it's inconsistent. Yeah, come up with a set of rules and apply them to every game, and not pick and choose the rules that you're going to apply each game. Yeah. So yeah, very frustrating. Um, so that is a Tottenham game, but you know, not to draw too much attention to it, that puts us second in the league uh, with, with four wins in five. Um, so very exciting to be a Tottenham fan at the moment and long may it continue so other games that happened um, I can't was this was this Sunday lunchtime this happened but West Ham lost to Manchester City 3-1 Saturday was it a Saturday game was it yeah I thought it was, oh no sorry I'm being stupid I've got Saturday's fixtures in front of me I can't <laughs> I, I can't understand why I thought that might have been Sunday yeah so it was a West Ham lost to Man City um, 3-1 Obviously, West Ham have been playing well, uh, but Man City have stopped them in their tracks. You watch the highlights on ma- on match of the day. I don't know how Haaland didn't score about four or five, uh, but it's, it's only got one. Um, so a frustrating day for, for Haaland and for anyone who captain captain in fantasy football like I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he's a bit, bit poor scorer. Um, and then Newcastle beat Brentford 1-0 um, in the afternoon game. And in that game, what was interesting is Newcastle had a goal disallowed and I have absolutely no idea why. You watch a replay and I can't quite work out at what point they've blown up for a foul. The Yeah, the, the only thing I can think of is maybe the referee thought it was interference with the goalkeeper. Yeah. But the goalkeeper just put his hands up, didn't do anything. Yeah. It was quite yes, I can't... Was it the referee called it and VAR didn't overrule? Was it the other way around? The referee didn't call it and VAR overruled? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it might have been the former. I think the referee gave it and VAR didn't correct him. Um, but weird, it, again, another weird appliance of VAR and, and maybe not VAR, but of refereeing football ruling. Um, yeah, it's just... At what, in that instance, it's at what point is football class as a contact sport and you can touch each other? Um, you know, don't hack them down, but there is there is an element of that. So yeah, so Newcastle picked up a win, which was probably very much needed after their their bad start. Um, elsewhere in Saturday's games, uh, so Rangers and Celtic both won up in Scotland. Championship, really two huge results standing out. Um, and I will just look for Wrexham because I always look for Wrexham. No, I can't see what they played on. Oh, no, they, um, Wrexham beat Grimsby Town 3-0. Um, wow. so, so a good result for Wrexham. So on Sunday, um, we saw Bournemouth play out a 0-0 draw with Chelsea. Um, again, another bad result for Chelsea. Um, I think I've read somewhere silly that they've only won six games in all competitions in, in 2023. It wouldn't surprise me. They... It's not a team. It's 
bizarre, isn't it? It's um, again another club that spent a lot of money on players. Um, and actually, what begins to go to show a lot of this big spending, probably about 70 80% of the time, it doesn't feel like it's paying off when you look at Chelsea and, and Man United. And yep. you know, apart from a few of the other clubs, it feels like a lot of spending doesn't always get you what, what you want. Um, so yeah, well, so another yeah. result for Chelsea. Arteta said buying players is a gamble, yeah, which it is, yeah. Uh, so that puts Chelsea down in 14th position uh, with five points in five. And, you know, one of those games comes came at home to Luton, which you'd kind of expect them to win. Yeah. Um, but they've been kind of struggling struggling elsewhere. Um, and you've got, you know, clubs like Nottingham Forest above them, Brentford above them, Fulham above them, Crystal Palace above them, all, all teams you just shouldn't, for a team like Chelsea, just shouldn't be above. So it'd be interesting to see if they can turn this round or they're going to have another similar season to last year do you think they will turn it round or do you or do you think it is going to kind of be similar i i'll try to remember where i put them in my predictions i think i put them mid-table yeah so i think they'll improve but not by much yeah yeah it's just you, you kind of also expect them to go on a bit of a new manager bounce but we obviously haven't done that no uh, i think uh, there's too many new players to have a new manager bounce very poor um, so that is, and I, Dave, I think that's all the games for the weekend. I think, I think, I think we're done. <laughs> oh, no, 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 sorry, I correct that. One has slipped the net, um, where Arsenal, uh, beat Everton 1 0. Um, do you want to give a bit of a debrief on that? I know we both watched the game, but do you want to give a bit of a debrief on that? Yeah, it wasn't great in terms of quality. Um, I think Everton were there just to try and get a point, maybe try and get a goal and a break, but they were poor. They were really poor. Um, the I guess the, the goal itself was a really good goal, well worked. What's interesting is uh, Sky picked up that it took 26 seconds for Arsenal to take the corner and led to the goal and made a big thing of that. But um, that didn't pick on things like Jordan Pickford taking nearly 40 seconds to take a goal kick in the first half. Uh, if we look at the average uh, duration stack of corner, uh, last season it was 33 seconds. So I think Sky trying to make a story that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Whereas the story that should exist is the, the offside decision for Arsenal, which I don't think was offside, but I think there was a lot wrong with the actual process or deciding whether it was offside or not. Uh, if we start with... Let's start with the lines. So yesterday I WhatsApped you and said they drew the lines from the wrong place. So on the Everton player, I think it's Michaelenko or Michaelenko, they drew it from his shoulder. But he's actually got a trailing leg and trailing foot. and didn't draw it from that, which means they've drawn it from the wrong place. And then the actual pass, which was really a pass because Gabriel was going to do a sideways pass to Saliba. It was only until uh, his Beto, he went to close the ball down, stuck out a leg, and he's the one who deliberately, I suppose, intercepted the ball, and that's when it went to Nketiah, who was judged to be offside. But So Arsenal had no intent of playing it forward, it was sideways, but it came off Everton player. And by looking at the laws of the game, the goal should have been given because it was Everton player's deliberate attempt to play the ball. 
Well, so this is this is the interesting point, isn't it? Because um, I agree with a lot of that, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, ask, asking the questions. Really, is when you watch it like when you sorry when you watched it during the first half, Gary Neville said a lot. I don't think that's offside. This this decision feels wrong. I think there was a lot of weird things like the camera angle used to get those lines was bizarre. So I think it's very hard to determine what is the furthest part back. But I'm assuming, you know, you'd like to assume a VR maybe had a better camera angle, but then why not release that that still? Because um, also what you couldn't see on that camera angle was whether the line was perpendicular with the... Is that the right word? No, parallel with uh, with the goal line. It could have been crooked, and you would you wouldn't know. Um, you wouldn't yeah, know you if would. it was straight. I'll tell. And the, the second bit was, like you said, around the intention of that block. Now, I I it was interesting listening to the pundits at half time talk about that because they all seemed to agree that because it was a block and the ball didn't go in the direction that the Everton player was intending because it was a block but it's not deemed as intentional but I what I don't understand is why the hell is that rule in there why not just have it if it comes off the player that's who played it like why does it even matter if it's, he intended it's, it or he didn't intend it it's yes yeah so in the law there is a there's something about deliberate play from the opposition yeah. so if the ball comes off a player who's deliberately attempted to play the ball yeah regardless of if the play was or where the ball was going to go was deliberate or not or intentional, then it's not offside. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's to do with interpretation. Uh, given I, that, but it should, there shouldn't be an interpretation problem, should there? No, and, that, and that's exactly it. It should be black and white. Yeah. Uh, it's not the case. And the fact that they that's ambiguous They've drawn the lines in the wrong place. Says so there's, there's still a lot of question marks about the way VAR is being applied. Yeah. Uh, I think I don't think Arsenal will get an apology because it did not impact the outcome of the game. I don't think they will get an apology because I think they'll come out and say by the letter of the law. Because um, I, I what I think they will say they were, and this is what the pundits kind of said: the lines are factual, whether we well, agree with that or not. Is 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 you know, not important because I think they will say the lines are factual and I've already heard pundits say that and the decision, the focal point or whether be whether he intended to play it forwards or he didn't like backwards, if he intended to play it backwards or didn't and in my eyes if you make a block you're intending to touch the ball regardless Absolutely. of the direction it's going in but I think they will say he didn't intend it to go in that direction so it, it's unintentional and that's the ambiguous point, isn't it? Is what they where they've interpreted it different to how we would. Yeah, so that's the ambiguity. But then where the lines are drawn, they've drawn the lines wrong. Yeah, but um, no, yes, I, you're, you're probably right. But what I'm right. saying is they, yeah. they won't come out and apologise for that because they will tell you that part's factual. Yes, but even though it's wrong, it's still... Yeah, yeah we're not, they're not going to apologise <laughs> for it. <laughs> you, you can hope for it, but they won't. Yeah, because typically they apologise if it impacts the outcome of the game. Yeah. If it's a draw, they'll apologise. If the team loses, they'll apologise. If the team impacted by the VAR decision goes on to win, I don't yeah. think they'll apologise. Yeah, agreed. Um, but you, you are right. Obviously, Arsenal came through and won. But for, for a while, I can't don't know what minute you scored in because I kind of switched off the last 20 minutes to have dinner. But 
that could have impacted the game. Is, done, yeah. It was looking like a scrappy game. Everton looked like they were frustrating Arsenal quite a lot because they weren't really doing anything. They were just stopping you play. Um, so it, it could have had an impact on the game, but you know, luckily, uh, I say luckily, luckily for you, um, <laughs> it, it didn't, and you, you still come through as one nil winners. Yeah, and we're on thirteen points as well. Thirteen points. Yeah, but below us still, so it's okay. Um, oh, so oh, it's. <laughs> Um, another question interesting that came out of that game was um, Arteta's choice of goalkeeper um, yep. with Ramsdale being dropped. So I say dropped, let's not use that word, with Ramsdale being rested and put on the bench and Raya played. That's his name, isn't it, Raya? Yeah, David Raya, yeah. Yeah, David Raya. Um, and he obviously got quizzed about that, um, that, that decision. Um, and he responded saying, well, you haven't asked me why Jesus has got been rested. Um, or another player has been rested. Why are you asking me about the goalkeeper type thing? What What are your views and uh, on Ramsdale where situation? What do you think is going to happen next? I've got a suspicion that he's going to rotate them. Yeah, we've got Champions League. I think it's Wednesday. It's PSV. I think Ramsdale starts. Yeah, as this my, uh, my suspicion because if Vieira started, Gabriel didn't play for a few games. Our oh, left back Magalash. Um, I think it's all about squad rotation because we have got a lot of games this season. Yeah. You could argue, well, the keeper, why does that keeper need to be rotated? But how often do you see a cup keeper and a league keeper? You see it quite frequently now. Not not usually when it's Champions League and the Premier League, though. I think Man Man City Liverpool have done it in the past. What, between Champions League and and Premier League? I think so. Right. So it is is an interesting interesting one, isn't it? Because... Goalkeeper doesn't physically need to be to be rested, but does it mess with their confidence if they're swapping in and out? Because their confidence is the most important thing as a goalkeeper, isn't it? Is there a risk of that? And, and but maybe Ramsdale got sat down before the game and said, "This is happening because you're playing Wednesday," yeah. um, mm-hmm. and then it's not a problem, right? I guess the, the other thing from a football perspective, maybe it's not physical energy they exert, but maybe it's more than mental because they have to be focused and switched on all the time. Yeah. So it, it could be a few things. Yeah. We're not a manager, so we'll find out, I guess, on Wednesday. Yeah. It's obviously very rare for a club to have two very good goalkeepers like that. Uh, yeah, it's worth pointing out. David Rayle yesterday was very good. Yeah, he, he didn't have much to do in terms of saves, but his distribution was excellent. Yeah, indeed. Um, okay, so other, is there any, sorry, anything else you wanted to add about the Arsenal game? I think the Trossard's goal was superb. I'd missed it, actually, um, because that was in a time where I'd kind of switched off. So apologies. I can't tell Um, you being sarcastic or if that was convenient. (laughs) (laughs) But um, what I think, why we're still talking about Premier League, what it does set up is an interesting North London derby next week uh, with two teams supposedly on form, um, two teams towards the top of the table. I think it's at Arsenal as well, am I right? Yeah, Sadie Ebrose. I, yeah, I'd also say Arsenal aren't on form at the moment. Well, getting the results, I guess. Yeah. Getting, the, getting good results. Um, so, will be an interesting, and I'm not actually here next week, so I can't discuss it with you all. But um, you, you can leave us a voice I'll, note. I'll, I'll leave you a voice <laughs> note of um, yeah, what I feel. Um, so, other news um, in tra- so Dan Dan has actually sent me some news he wants me to mention. <laughs> 
Um, we've mentioned a couple of things like Harry Maguire and his mum, Richard Stateman and Richarlison. Um, there's also Lone Watch. Uh, so Philip Coutinho has gone from Aston Villa to Al De Heil in, on loan. Nicolas Pepe went from Arsenal to Trabzon Sport on a, on a free. Yep. It, was that, is, is there something odd about Pepe and Arsenal? I don't know the history of that. It feels weird that he's gone on a free after signing for so much a few years ago. Yeah, I, he just did not fit into Arteta's style of play. Right. I mean, he got a lot of goals and assists yeah. for us. But when Arteta took over, it didn't quite fit. I mean, there's some really good games. So the FA Cup final, Pepe. Yeah. But I think it's more the work rate. And he's quite, it's easy to read as Pepe. He's going yeah. to right first. It's always cut into the left. Yeah. See what happens. Whereas Saka is left foot, right foot. Yeah. Okay. Um, Damari Gray has gone from Everton to Al Etafak. I'm not pronouncing this right for around eight million. Casper <laughs> Schmeichel, who wasn't actually at a league club, has gone to Anderlet. I feel like there's a good there's a good keeper there who, who could have been snapped up by a Premiership. Definitely. Odd, odd that he's gone to Anderlet. Um and Don Belli from Tottenham to Galatasaray on loan. Sergio Ramos from Paris PSG to Sevilla on free. Davison Sanchez from Tottenham to Galatasaray for eight point one million. Which is definitely good for Tottenham because <laughs> I felt like he'd come to the end of his time there. Weird one because he started off quite well. He was kind of, um, I felt like he was going to be rock solid and then he just kind of went a bit downhill with lack of playing time, I think. Um, and Dan really wants me to mention this <laughs> because he knows, I think he set me up on this, and you, but you validated it's true. But La Liga are sponsoring a Welsh, <laughs> a Welsh village team. Oh, God, no, I can't even pronounce it. It, it. This this village this village team has got about fifty characters in it, and it's Lanfer Pilic something. Um, so yeah, so the league are taking over. Well, what's taking over? So we're sponsoring a Welsh village team. Um, is is the news there? So an interesting tidbit for you. Um, any other news you want to discuss? I'm disappointed you didn't attempt to pronounce it. Pronounce it. Um, what we'll do is maybe we'll get a computer-automated voice to pronounce it and maybe we could just release it at the end of this episode. Okay, there you go. Yeah, what it is. Um, it'd be better, better than the ones um, that I <laughs> produced. Right, Dave, I think we've done pretty well because when, when we came onto this call, we said we didn't have any set agenda for this and we've managed to cobble on for about 48 minutes. So we've, we've done well so far. Um, are you ready for your challenge, Ro? Yes and no. Okay, so, um, well, you're going to have to be because it's about to come. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to test your knowledge of the first Premier League um, held, the first one. This was held back, do you know what year? 94. 92-93 92-93 season was the first year for Premiership. Um, and what I'm going to do... I don't know what the success factor is going to be on this. Maybe I'll have a think as we go along. So I want you to try and name 20 teams from that season in the, in the Premier League. So you give me 20 teams. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you whether you're right or wrong to the end, but every team you get correct, you're going to get plus one point. Okay. Every team that you get that's incorrect, you're going to get minus one point. Um, and if you end up on 12 or above, do you think that's harsh? Or ten or above. 
Five or above. Five or above. Let's go twelve. <laughs> Let's go twelve or above. Let's see what you do, um, and we'll see how you get on. So I want twenty teams who you feel played in the ninety two ninety three Premier League season. Okay. Start with a fixture from yesterday: Arsenal and Everton. So they've never been having relegated for years. Until this season. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, the latter of those clubs. Yeah. Um, Manchester United. Okay. You're not going to tell me if I'm right. I'm not, right. not going to validate until the end. Marvellous. Liverpool. Okay. Just need to Google. <laughs> okay, so I've said Arsenal. It said Arsenal, Everton, Manchester United, and Liverpool. Um, Tottenham. Okay. Like the right answer. This is quite tough, actually. I remember what I was doing back in 1992. What would help if if you collected Panini sticker albums at the time? Because I, f- I think those blue annuals, I think, were the first first season of the Premier League. I did not collect Panini at all. Oh, that's a shame. Um, that would have helped you. Chelsea. Okay. Very hard to read your face here, then. I should turn my camera off to make it impossible. Southampton. I, I remember Letizia. It must have been. Okay. When you've named 10 teams, I'll give you how many you've got so far, okay? Okay, sounds good. Two, three, four, five, six, or seven so far. Villa. Okay. Middlesbrough. So you've now got 10 teams and I can tell you, you have got 10 points. Every team you've mentioned so far is a prim- was a premiership team in 92-93 season. So that's Arsenal, Everton, Manchester United, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Southampton, Villa, Middlesbrough and Palace. So you're currently on 10 points and you're now going into the difficult half. <laughs> the first half was difficult. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
Blackburn Rovers. Okay. This is so hard. Luton have been in the Premier League. Today, because we'd know, so we did the. Uh, I think Leeds. Eight more teams. Eight. So I can leave it there then. If I've got 12, I win. No, because then I'll take away eight <laughs> points because you haven't answered incorrectly on the other eight. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a harsh taskmaster. I, I made the last challenge too easy for you. So this is a more difficult one. I think you do it more difficult for me than Dan P. No, Dan. I, I think yeah, I'm victimised. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Sheffield. Which one? Both. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I remember us beating Sheffield in the Cups. Well, the FA Cup and League Cup. One was a replay. That's where Steve Morrow broke his collarbones. Up by Tony Adams. Oh, okay. Um, wasn't Sheffield, really... Sheffield United in the Cup where you... Um... Like Carnu scored after, but um, you were throwing the ball back after an injury, wasn't it? And and Carnu ran off, ran off and got the ball, a pass to Overmars and scored. Was that Sheffield United? Yeah, and we replayed it. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, and we replayed it, and we beat them in the replay. I personally think you should have just pulled out the cup. But there you go. Yeah. It's a good delaying tactics. So you've got six more teams to go. Teams and if so we've got fourteen. So if I, if you I try to mathematically work out how many <laughs> you need to get right before you can give up. Yeah, yeah. Go on, then. Um, you would need to get what to sixteen successful teams. Well, fourteen. I need two more. Yeah. Well, assuming all the ones you've answered are correct, of course. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, Juninho played for them. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Okay. Uh, they got relegated and promoted many times. Yeah, a yo-yo team of the Premier League, but were they in the first one? You think good. yes. Good question, but they are doing badly in the championship. Yeah, well, that's not my question. Dave, <laughs> knowledge about knowledge about Middlesbrough today is not going to help you. I'm going to go left field. Wimbledon. 
In today's world, known as MK Dons, of course. Yes, indeed. Um... Oh, man. Must have been. Yeah, you need to say a team name when you say that. Norwich. Okay, three more teams, three more slots in your in your Premier League. No, I'm out. You're out. That's quitting time. That's quit. So, Dave, you have done very well, in fact, because your second lot, Blackburn were, Leeds were, Sheffield Wednesday were, and Sheffield United were. Were they? Awesome. Yeah. Middlesbrough were, um, <laughs> Wimbledon were, and Norwich were. So you got to 17 points. So actually, even for three empty slots, it takes you back down to 14. So you passed this week's quiz. Who the am three, I missing? The three teams you are missing are Coventry. Wow. Uh, you've got Palace, Everton, Ipswich. Huh. Ipswich. Coventry, and I think the one club you didn't. Hang on a minute, I might have to check my account in here because I think you also missed Oldham as well. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I haven't got Oldham. Have you said a team twice? Because you also missed Man City. I didn't say Man City. I counted a team twice then, or is there 21 on this list? Was the Premiership bigger? Oh, come on. The membership was 22 teams. I, I apologise. Because you, yeah, so it doesn't matter. You still passed the quiz, so well done. Thank um, you. But you also missed QPR. So Ipswich, Coventry, Oldham, QPR, um, and Man City, I think, were the, the teams you missed in that. So from start to finish, these are the teams in the membership that year Arsenal, Aston Villa, Blackburn, Chelsea, Coventry, Crystal Palace, Everton. Ipswich Town, Leeds United, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Middlesbrough, Norwich City, Nottingham Forest, Oldham Athletic, Queen's Park Rangers, Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday, Southampton, Tottenham and Wimbledon. I didn't say Forest either. Yeah, so there were four. Yeah, there's a few missing. So I'll let you pass because I should have really counted that before I started. Um, (laughs) which which was annoying Um, but it is what it is well done Dave for passing this week's quiz anything else you want to add before we um, leave Uh, nothing for me other than check out the merch store there's a few other designs on there if you want to have a look Uh, and as always thanks for listening means means a lot yeah thank you very much and we will I won't because I'll be in sunny Portugal Um, but um, Dave and Dan will be here next week with a special guest, possibly. Perhaps with a special guest, yes. Thanks for listening to Just Football. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share with your friends and family. We're available on all podcasting platforms and you can follow us on X at Just Football Pod. In the meantime, keep your head up and your eyes on the ball.